Hi, this is Skylar Reese at GWK, and I'll be reviewing the first quarter of 2014 for the taxable bond team. I'll take a few minutes today to provide a brief synopsis of the market moving events of the past three months, briefly review the performance of our strategies, and discuss our positioning and outlook as we move into the second quarter. Coming into 2014, the roadmap for investing success really seemed as clear as it had been at any point in the post-crisis period. The new year was supposed to herald in a period of stronger U.S. economic growth accompanied by higher interest rates. Stocks were poised to rally in optimism about a world economic recovery, and interest rates were sitting near cycle highs as the Fed began tapering its asset purchases. Unfortunately, this narrative quickly changed. With the Fed's December announcement that it would begin the process of tapering its monthly asset purchase program, many asset classes that had benefited from capital markets that were really awash in liquidity entered the year under very close scrutiny. With growth in China sharply decelerating in January, investors began to flee emerging markets en masse. The resulting volatility manifested itself in a rout of several emerging markets currencies, a sell-off in global equity markets, and modestly wider credit spreads. The Treasury market saw its first true flight to quality rally in more than a year, and 10- and 30-year yields fell by nearly 40 basis points by the end of January. Though risk markets would ultimately recover from their January spoon, longer-term Treasury yields remain in a fairly narrow range throughout the rest of the quarter as the simmering unrest in Ukraine kept geopolitical risks on the front of the market's mind. Adding to this macro volatility was, was an exceptionally disruptive winter, which many blame for a string of lower-than-expected economic data. With employment numbers, auto sales, and retail sales painting a very bleak picture for growth during the first two months of the year, investors grew increasingly concerned uh, whether this was just a temporary correction or the early phases of the next downturn. And you know, while the early run of data for March has pointed to a diminishing drag from the effects of weather, we're going to continue to be vigilant in watching incoming numbers for further confirmation of this trend. On the policy front, markets endured an unexpected headwind from the Fed. Uh, ahead of the March FOMC meeting, uh, the market expected Fed, the Fed to continue to taper its monthly asset purchases in $10 billion increments with an expected end to its QE program in the early fall of this year. Additionally, given that the unemployment rate was on the cusp of the Fed's 6.5% threshold for adjusting policy, the market also expected a formal shift towards qualitative rate guidance. Though they ultimately delivered on both of these fronts, the Fed revised its median year-end 2015 and 16 Fed funds forecasts up by 25 and 50 basis points respectively, while simultaneously lowering its views on growth and full employment. Adding to the confusion of this seemingly hawkish shift was Chairwoman Yellen's press conference, in which she indicated that the period of time between the conclusion of asset purchases and the first rate hike might actually be as little as six months. Following the meeting, the market repriced the front end of the Treasury curve aggressively. Ultimately, with the, the five-year bearing the brunt of the sell-off and the long bond rallying modestly, the curve ended the quarter at its flattest level in several years. Due to this flattening, the Treasury index returned 1.3% during the first quarter. Yields on 10- and 30-year Treasuries fell 31 and 41 basis points, and these tenors returned 3.4 and 8.1% respectively. In light of March's acute underperformance, the 5-year Treasury returned only 70 basis points as yields finished the quarter 2 basis points lower than year-end. With yields moving lower and spreads generally trending a bit tighter, the Barclays aggregate was able to unwind much of its underperformance from 2013 and returned 1.8% during the first quarter.
Despite much chatter over the past year about the so-called great rotation and the risks it poses to bond markets, performance and technical trends observed during the first quarter of this year point to an extremely deep bid for fixed income assets. Investment-grade corporate bonds returned 2.9%, implying some 70 basis points of excess return during the quarter, as spreads tightened 8 basis points to a new post-crisis low of 108 basis points over. Technically, the investment-grade market enjoyed a very healthy quarter, as weekly inflows, inflows averaged nearly $2 billion, while the primary market saw a record amount of new issuance. Looking a bit more closely at the space reveals that triple B-rated bonds handily outperformed their higher-rated counterparts, tightening 13 basis points and returning 3.5%. Double A and single A-rated bonds tightened 6 and 4 basis points and returned 2.2 and 2.5% respectively. While total returns were the strongest in the utility space, this really is largely a reflection of the sector's longer duration, as spreads in the sector tightened only 7 basis points while spread performance in industrials was was a bit stronger, tightening nine basis points. Financials were the laggard uh, during the quarter, tightening only six basis points. We attribute the leadership of both the lower quality segment and the industrial sector of investment grade during the first quarter to the continued reach for yield as coming into the year, both really offered attractive valuations. Um, And we believe that this is a trend which is very likely to continue. High-yield corporate bonds returned just inside 3% as well, as spreads tightened 24 basis points to 358 basis points over, also a new post-crisis low. Given the high-yield market's shorter duration and the relatively small change in yields at the front end of the Treasury curve, this implies a nearly 2% excess return during the first three months of the year. The quarter's rally was supported by a resilient stock market, steady, uh, if not unspectacular, inflows of about $300 million per week, and supply which ran about 25% lower than 2013's record pace. Aided by a strong rally in March, triple C rated bonds outperformed, returning 3.3%, while double B and single B rated bonds returned 3.1% and 2.8% respectively. The government-related sector uh, also posted a positive return of 2.1% during the quarter uh, as spreads tightened 4 basis points to 62 basis points over. This compression implied uh, about 60 basis points of excess return during the period. Within the space, uh, taxable municipals were the clear outperformer and benefited from both tighter spreads and a significant flattening of the yield curve. Uh, During the quarter, aggregate eligible munis tightened 33 basis points and returned 7.7% implying a remarkable excess return of nearly 2.5% during the quarter. Uh, Of of note, Puerto Rico was downgraded to high yield by all three of the major ratings agencies during the quarter, uh, leaving only a single secured bond uh, eligible for the aggregate. Mortgage-backed securities returned 1.6% during the first quarter um, as spreads uh, for the sector widened four basis points to 38 over, uh, making mortgages the only major portion of the aggregate Um, that experienced a negative excess return. For more than a year now, uh, the mortgage market has enjoyed the benefit of a price-insensitive buyer accumulating most of the available supply. However, with the Fed's presence in the market diminishing, concerns about a future imbalance between supply and demand technicals have really weighed on performance. Additionally, discussion around the eventual winding down of Fannie and Freddie has kept uncertainty about the future of the securitization market very high, um, although the likelihood of any new legislation remains very low, uh, in our opinion. 
Uh, looking at performance, um, I'm happy to report that all of our strategies outperformed their benchmarks during the first quarter. Uh, the, major the major drivers of performance were fairly consistent across all of our strategies. With respect to portfolio duration and curve positioning, uh, our shorter duration and underweight to the long end of the curve were modest detractors to overall performance as the curve bull flattened during the quarter. However, our overweight to spread sectors, including corporate bonds and taxable municipals at the expense of treasuries, really supported performances, spread compression, and carry added to gains from lower risk-free rates. Uh, also, continuing a trend that we saw throughout 2013, you know, strong security selection with our investment-grade corporates and taxable munis continues to help drive our performance relative to our benchmarks. Looking forward, uh, we really believe that weather has been primarily responsible for the recent wave of weak and inconclusive data and expect the economy to reaccelerate in the months ahead. We also believe that tapering has been largely priced in and that the threshold for the Fed to adjust its course is exceedingly high. In light of this, the focus will be on the effectiveness of the Fed's forward guidance and trends in inflation, which we believe should drive rate hike expectations. Despite the rally in Treasuries to begin the year, the March FOMC statement and post-meeting press conference marked an inflection point in the market's concerns about interest rate risk. The certainties of a zero-rate world are coming to an end, and the debate has shifted to when, how far, and how fast the tightening cycle will proceed, and how markets and the real economy will respond. Given the uncertainty around the Fed's exit strategy and our expectations for a sharp rebound in activity as the effects of winter weather fade away, we remain underweight duration relative to our benchmarks. Beyond some potential near-term flattening, we'd expect longer-dated rates to participate in any sustained sell-off. As such, we maintain an intermediate maturity focus in spread sectors as attractive valuations carry and roll more than offset the potential for further weakness in that part of the curve. At the sector level, we remain underweight most types of government debt. With longer-term yields now significantly lower than the beginning of the year, we expect any improvement in the incoming data following the disruptive winter weather to weigh on performance in the sector. That said, we are still cons cons selectively constructive on taxable municipals, uh, as any move higher in yields should be offset by increased demand for high-quality spread product at the long end of the curve. We continue to strongly favor investment-grade corporate bonds over treasuries, as corporations are still reporting solid earnings growth, margins are set to expand on any uptick in demand, and spreads still offer fair value. Additionally, the favorable outlook for the investment-grade market is also anchored by robust fund inflows. We, we continue to focus on some of the widest spread industrial sectors that should benefit the most from better global growth and have seen evidence recently that the lower qualities of the investment-grade space have been much more prudent in managing their balance sheets than their higher-rated counterparts over the course of the past year. We remain overweight the high-yield sector where permitted, uh, as it's our opinion that the sector should remain well-bid as the reality of income and coupon starvation keeps demand elevated. Fundamentals are generally robust and the market is wide open. Larger spread cushions should help to withstand a potential rise in rates, and it's our opinion that defaults are going to remain very low. Given this backdrop, we believe that spreads can compress another 30 to 50 basis points toward pre-crisis levels. Uh, lastly, we remain neutrally positioned in the mortgage space. Uh, while yields in the, specter, in the sector are still attractive relative to treasuries, technicals should turn negative at some point in the latter half of this year, as the absence of Fed support is likely to lead to wider credit spreads. Within the sector, we'd expect higher coupon assets to outperform due to their better carry and their lower spread duration.
Uh, I'm going to conclude my comments there. Thank you very much for listening. I hope uh, you've enjoyed this quarter's podcast. As always, if you have any questions about our views or positioning, please don't hesitate to give us a call.